This guy has the world record for the fastest Murph ever accomplished. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, a podcast dedicated to self-development, self-improvement, and helping you achieve the goals that you've laid forth in your life. Today, I'm sitting next to a buddy of mine, Braden Roten. I've known Braden for how long? About a little over a year now? Yeah. A little over a year now. Yeah. And Braden is... I'm trying to look for words to describe him. He's an animal. He's a beast. He not only has financial goals and family goals and physical goals, but he's just a great guy overall. And so in today's episode specifically, I want to talk about Brayden's amazing accomplishment of completing 365 days of the Murph challenges. And Brayden, just before we get into the full length of the episode and whatnot, maybe for the audience who doesn't know what a Murph is, can you describe that a little bit? Yeah. So a Murph is a mile run. 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and a mile run to finish. And a true Murph, a Murph, Murph RX, is done with a 20-pound weighted vest. Okay. And so as you got through that journey and whatnot, we're going di- to dive into a little bit of his experiences, kind of his mental state during it, how his body was feeling after probably doing it for just a couple times in a row, let alone for an entire year. And yeah, just some of his perspective on that. So guys, with that all being said, let's jump into today's episode. So Brayden, I guess just to framework everything to begin with, you did an entire year of these MRFs, right? I've done one MRF before in my entire life. This was pre-surgery, right? So one time, and I was like dead after it. I don't know how you could do it for an entire year consistently. So what was kind of your mindset before you even got started on the journey to say like, hey, I'm going to do this for a year and nothing's stopping me? So I've always been partial to the MRF workout. I've just enjoyed bodyweight stuff. I wrestled in high school. So I I always liked workouts like that anyway. But when I was managing a team in 2020, I made a challenge for my sales team that every Saturday at 6 a.m. we would wake up and do a Murph. Just, you know, nobody's really wanting to wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday anyway, let alone do a tough workout. So that's when my mind first started to wrap around like this just could be a good mental challenge, right? And so um, approaching the year 2022, I just had an idea. I think some of the guys were doing just like these ice plunge challenges or they were like all like jogging two miles a day as a team or like all this stuff. So I'm like, cool, let's do a region one. Let's go do a Murph. I think it was January 3rd and let's go all hit it in the morning just out of Vasa or whatever. So we, we went into the gym, all hit a Murph. My, you know, my goal was to get under 50 minutes without a weighted vest or anything. And I hit it and we all did it. It was super cool. And then I just started looking up some stuff on YouTube about Murph. It's a workout named after Michael Murphy, who's a Navy SEAL who died in combat. So I was just searching that stuff. And I came across an ex Navy SEAL with a program called SEAL Fit, who was a video of him doing his last Murph for 365 days. And I was super inspired by it. I was like, dang, that's really unique. I had just done an Ironman the year before with, with the Iron Cowboy. Um, I was I'm always looking for some sort of physical challenge to do every year. And so at the time I was planning on doing an ultra marathon in the Grand Canyon, running at Rim to Rim to Rim. But based on the role that, or the, what the needs of the organization that I was working for at Hawks at the time, my workload was increasing pretty dramatically. 
and I was finding I would need to travel. So ultra running might not be in the picture, you know? So I just figured, shoot, like, what if I just do a Murph tomorrow? It's January 4th. And I did. Right. And then I'm like, shoot, like, I, I bet I could do this for a year like this guy did. Right. So I, you know, did it the next day and the next day and the next day and the lactic acid started to build up like crazy. <laughs> you know, the, the first like three weeks were brutal, 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 like just sweating profusely, um, shin splints, you know, and, and I didn't do it, started, start out with the best at first. So I just warmed up to it and increased. And after a while I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm committing to this no matter what I, all I need is a pull-up bar. On March 23rd of uh, this year, I, I produced a podcast where I talk all about kind of just jumping into something. So many people get it in their head that they have to prepare for a really long time in order to start something. And in many cases, that's true. You, you probably were prepared by just being in good shape itself, getting being in a mental sure. state where you could accomplish more for an entire year. But it also sounded like you're kind of at the ropes where like, oh, I'll, maybe I'll train for another Ironman. Maybe I'll go for an ultra marathon. Oh, here's like a cool example of a guy who did Murph for a year. You were like at a point where you knew you wanted to do something, but you weren't really sure. Then one day you kind of just were like, okay, I did a Murph yesterday. I'm doing one today. Then you just kind of kept going. And so was that something you necessarily planned out? You're like, I'm going to do this for sure after a year. Or did you go for like a week and you still weren't sure what was going to happen? I'd say by day three after doing it, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Right. It was just like kind of this experiment. Um, but, but yeah, to, to put it plainly, I didn't have this like pre-planned out for months. It was like, literally was inspired by watching a, a video on YouTube, decided why not do it again tomorrow? It's a 45 minute workout, you know, did it the following day. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this all checks out. I can do it with my work schedule. I can do it when I'm traveling. You know, I'll be in crazy good shape because at the time I was like Iron Man bod, like super skinny. And I was like, hey, this this is a good little challenge to keep my dad bought off to, you know, be able to commit to my my work commitments and and still stay in really good shape. So. So you mentioned specifically after three weeks, it started you started really feeling it right. I'm, I'm sure you had a lot of uh, lactic acid buildup. Your muscles are probably just sore, sore, sore. But let's talk about for a second, besides the physical strain. Let's talk about the mental strain three weeks in. If you can think back to that far ago, almost that's literally a year ago, as of a couple weeks ago, what's going through Braden Rotten's mind at that point where you're thinking, wow, I really just committed myself to this for an entire year. And for everyone who hasn't been following along with Braden's um, journey, he posted every single day on his uh, Instagram story to make sure he was accountable. He'd take like a picture of what your Fitbit or your Apple watch and say like, this is my heart rate. This is how much time it took. This is what I did. Every single day, he was keeping this commitment to himself. And so what was your mental state like thinking, okay, I'm three weeks in, but I got a lot more ahead of me. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely more catered towards ready, fire, aim type mindset. So it's just a day at a time, right? Just bite-sized chunks. I wasn't thinking that I had to do this every single day for a year. I'm like, I just got to do it tomorrow. I got to do it the following day. I'm just going to focus on today. I'm going to try and get a decent time. And I remember after like three, it was, there was, there were walls to break through a few mental walls. And one of them was, it, it's just like when you're approaching, if you've ever been really sore in a sport or something like that, just had a brutal game day or something, and you have to go back to practice and it's a brutal practice. It's just terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. So I still remember, cause I started out, it was winter time 
and I had a Bossig pass. So I was, I was doing them at Bossa at the time because I didn't have a pull-up bar at my house and, and I got one later, but I, I just remember like stepping on the, on the treadmill and being like, I don't even think I can run right now. Like I'm just smoked. Like my legs were not in, in sh- shape to do 300 squats. So just absolutely smoked. And my biggest worry, I'm 29 years old. I was 28 when I started. So I'm not as young as I used to be. And the only thing that would stop me basically was injury. Mm-hmm. And so and my buddies had gotten injured doing stuff. And it, it's pretty hard strain to go every single day with no break whatsoever. Your muscles are never recovering. I found out later that I was under eating. I was not getting the protein I needed. My muscles were not healing correctly, which added to the strain. So it was always just like, shoot, you know, and I, I would like pull stuff. I'd get shin splints. It was very rarely as the MRFs went on a day where I felt 100% just like ready to crush it. It actually wasn't until the probably the latter fourth when I got a nutrition coach. He taught me how to track macros. You start feeling a little bit better. Oh, I felt within a week, I felt 10 times better because I found out when I, when I'm stressed at work or whatever, I don't eat. I just, it's a nuisance. So I was eating like 1500 calories, 1200 calories a day. I should have been eating 28. As soon as I dialed in my nutrition, I felt like Superman for a little while. It was amazing. And so this is after three weeks and kind of a little bit further than that, where you started figuring out, okay, I need to be eating a little bit more. And once again, that, that probably was a huge mental strain that you didn't even know was placed upon yourself at the time. Yeah, but now, then I knew I had to add the best true. To, to be a true Murph. So, true. I was like, so talk about that a little bit. As soon as I got used to it, I was like, all right, here we go again. Add it on the best. And then it was the whole thing over again. And we're talking about a 20-pound weight vest, yep. correct? Yep. Super sore. I, I ended up putting a squat squat rack in my house so I could just bust it out every, every morning, um, make it efficient. And, yeah, it definitely complicated travel. That's for sure. But. And now that you've gone through this journey, right, let's let's jump to the mental state post-MRF. And then we'll get back more into the physical challenges and stuff later throughout the process. But post-MRF now, you just finished last Saturday, right? What, what's the date on that? Do you know? Um, was it the 18th? The 18th of March, right? Yeah. So you, you finished your, your last MRF on the 18th of March. And what did you feel like coming out of that experience? Like, I remember you put it on your story and I was, I was hyping you up. I was like, dude, he's about to finish an entire year, 365 days of accomplishing a Murph challenge. What, what was that mental state as you came running around on your, on that last mile? What, what were we thinking? Um, it was surreal for sure. I was like, I don't have to wake up tomorrow and do a Murph. It was wild, but the I'm competitive. I'm pretty competitive by nature. And there was another guy who had done 365 MRFs. He was actually like on the ladder end when I started and I found out and I was like, oh, cool. Talked to him for a little bit. And his record MRF was 32 minutes. And I looked up just the record overall. I was like, all right. I tried on Memorial Day, which was, which was the end of last May. And I got, it was like 33 minutes. So he beat me. And I looked on all the CrossFit World Games and everything. And there's two ways to do a MRF. There's partitioned and unpartitioned. You can either do the 100 200, 300 back to back to back, right? And there's a record for that. And then there was partition, which is where you break it up just into as many sets as you want. I did a few on partition, but it was mainly, or sorry, it did a few just doing them back to back to back, but mine were usually broken up. So um, I had to go for the record. And so 
and it was just me against me basically i felt like i was running against my ghost but i had it all planned out you know down to what i would eat in the morning how much how much pre-workout i would take which i ended up not even taking and so that last mile i was absolutely smoked like like trying not to pass out i don't really puke when i'm you know when i'm dying but ended up getting 30 minutes 55 seconds which to my knowledge i'm down to be challenged is like the murph record up until this point but yeah that last mile i just laid down i couldn't even take a big breath i actually knocked one of my ribs out of placement murph because i was going so fast so got tried to get that back into place and um just insanely relieving for sure you know I'll, whenever you get get done get done with the car right yeah yeah and I appreciate too. You you mentioned you were racing against your ghost, right? You knew that somebody who you personally don't know had set a record at one point in time. You don't know what kind of mental state they were at. You don't know their physical state. You don't know the person, but you said, I'm going to beat them still. And what kind of things in your life have kind of led you up to that moment where you could say like, I know I don't have to beat him. I've already been doing this for 364 other days. I don't have to prove anything to anyone else. Like I already did something that no one else is really going to do. Maybe the 1% of people here on this earth. Right. But you still took it a step farther and you said, oh, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to literally give it my all <laughs> mess up one of your, one of your ribs in the process and finish stronger than literally anyone ever has in the entire world, setting a world record. Why? I really recently, I was looking at a study. It's a theory actually in psychology. It's called the Maslow hierarchy of needs. And at the very top of the pyramid, he said, once you get to the, it's a, it's a pyramid of needs, right? At first, there's like the bare necessity, shelter, food, water. And at the very top is self-actualization or what you're chasing excellence, leveling up, however you want to word it. But I think you looking past the money and the fame and, you know, et cetera. Ultimately, what I wanted to see is if I was to go as hard as I possibly could, what could I really do? And I think a lot of the people who are chasing excellence in whatever form it is or in whatever area of life it is, that's the question. It's not the what if I fail, it's what if I could actually do it? And that's what drove me. And what kind of mindset shift is that to think, okay, what if I fail versus your mindset of what am I possibly achieving? What am I unlocking in myself? Because most of the people, I feel like so many people think on the negative side on anything and I guess that's our human nature, right? But you don't want to focus on the negative. You don't want to think, okay, what if I fell? You wanted to think what is out there for me still. How did you get to that kind of mindset? No, it's a good question. The what if in a negative connotation is generally what brings anxiety to people in the first place. Like when, when you're thinking what makes me anxious, it's because generally you probably ask well, what if it doesn't work out? Well, what if, and you know, and that usually perpetuates into a downward spiral. And so first of all, it's having the level of awareness to understand that sometimes it's okay to say, well, worst case scenario, what's the worst that could happen? And once you actually get to that place and you say, okay, the worst that could happen is I get injured. I don't make it. I fail. And then what? Nothing. You learn from it. You know, I keep going. <laughs> yeah, and I failed enough in my life or, or my perceived failures to, and learned more from the failures to where I'm like, dude, what do I have to lose besides going through 30 minutes of hell? Right. And, and I remember, dude, butterflies. I was just like, dude, I'm about to like 
put myself through hell for the next 30 minutes and not even be able to breathe and, you know, hardly could even get a drink in. I was trying to go so fast. And, um, yeah, but it was just, it was just the, what if you can and you choose not to anyway, because you're afraid and you just leave it on the table. That's, that's always, if you were to stop doing everything, you know, you shouldn't and start doing everything, you know, you should, that's what Jordan, how Jordan Peterson words it. What could you really accomplish? And when people start to chase the abundance that comes with that mindset, it's like, you can, that, that's when you start getting into, you can actually do anything according to what gifts you've been given. And diving, I want to dive back into the physical now, right? You've talked a lot about your mindset why you were able to accomplish something, why you wanted to accomplish something, and you set your mindset out forth to do it, and you accomplished it, right? But going back to the physical for a minute, there's a point where our bodies just start breaking down on us. I don't know how you were sleeping at the time, but you already mentioned that you were sore, right? Your body wanted to shut down um, through being sore. You felt like crap when you weren't eating the appropriate amount of proteins and just a well-balanced diet until you met with that nutritionist. From a physical standpoint, why did you want to keep going? Was it some sort of goal that you had to like, I I know you mentioned not wanting to have a dad bod, right? But naked confidence. Explain that a little bit. (laughs) It was my driving factor. My driving factor was to do something consistent that's hard. um, That would inspire a lot of my sales guys that I was working with. And, um, obviously have a, a side effect being, being in really good shape. Right. I have a lot of hobbies that I love wakeboarding and snowmobiling and dirt biking and stuff that requires you to be in decent shape, but it's kind of awkward shape. And so I want to always be able to grab a wakeboard rope and go, go for Just a go hard for sesh without having my forearm be tired. <laughs> so functional strength has always been a big deal to me for sure. But, um, but yeah, the physical side was probably the most biggest learning experience i'll be honest like doing an ironman the year before running marathons and stuff had trained me so i felt like mentally i never ever once thought of quitting physically though i was like okay i'll never quit but i may be impaired to the like you know for example my shin splints i would do all this research and every single answer was stop running i was like well i'm not going to stop running so find a better solution And there's a big, big difference between physical pain and injury. And those that really decide to do big, hard things that push the limits, they flirt with that line a lot. You need to be smart, right? And so I I wasn't just going to keep running the same way I was on my getting worse and worse shin splints. I had to figure out what I was doing wrong. So I started looking up running form, found out that I was leaning forward too much and pounding into the ground on my shins, right? I started looking at a ton of different people, how they ran, just, you know, YouTube university, just, just going ham on it. And I, I totally fixed my shin splints while I was running, which everyone said was impossible. Or I, I would like pull my shoulder, right. Or I would get tight knees and I had to learn, okay, how do I, like, I couldn't even go down on a squat. Right. So I would like do these like weird, awkward, like push my butt back really low. So I wasn't having to bend my left knee very much, like almost like a pistol squat type thing. And I started to learn, okay, my T band, you know, I'm just doing research and talking to nutritionists. My IT band connects up here. So I need to roll that out. I need to temper it, stretch it like crazy. Stretching was huge. Um, I learned tempering from the guy who handled my nutrition 
Um, Dave, he's a, he's an absolute stud. I would recommend him to anyone. But he started like, you know, my forearms were another thing. For some reason, I'd never experienced that, but I started to develop tennis elbow, which is where mm-hmm. all your tendons start to, you know, get really tight. And so he he would get a fifty pound just cylinder tempering, you know, tool and just roll it slowly. It was like gravel. My my muscles were torn to shreds. Right. Um, same with my shins. Same with my my quads. Probably every and, part of your body, honestly, right? Yeah. And so like, <laughs> and I'm tight by nature. So learning how to like loosen up. Um, like I can't, my wife would probably tell you every weekend, Fridays and Saturdays, we were watching a movie. I would be rolling myself out. So changing my shoes, changing weighted vests, when mine started to get holes in it. And I learned like, okay, the way the weight is sitting is also affecting my shins and, and, and affecting all that. My triceps got insanely tight. I could go on. Like, like I said, there was very few Murphs where something didn't feel like it was going to blow up my Achilles. There were, I mean, especially my last 50 Murphs, I decided to switch over to a 40 pound weighted vest. So I was like, I've been doing this for a while. It's time to up it. I've never heard of anyone doing a Murph with a 40 pound weighted vest. Let's try it. I got it for Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, right? Let's let's give you something that's going to put you through more hell. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, could I do it? Could I do it with a 40 pounder? And so, um, what I, and I did more research and found out the hardest thing with that is running. It's really bad for my knees. So my knees actually didn't start to hurt that bad, but it was my Achilles and my shin splints came back just from having to support an extra 40 pounds. So looking back, I probably would have just kept the 20 for the runs and then the 40 with the pull-ups, push-ups, squats. But again, another learning experience. So sometimes I'd have to stop because it felt like my Achilles were about to blow up, mm-hmm. right? But again, it just goes back to day by day, getting better, right? Small and simple things. I'm tweaking little things here and there. And that's ultimately what got me through. Let's talk about that for a second as well. This day by day challenge, right? You mentioned this once already, but when you started the MRFs, you got through day three and then you said, I'm going to get through day four and five, got to day 40. And you said, I'm going to get through day 41 and 42. You literally took it day by day. And why... Do you think that's important that you weren't constantly focused? I'm sure at some points you had like, oh, the end is kind of in sight, right? I can accomplish this yearly task, right? But what kept you going thinking, if I can just get through today, I will be able to get through anything? So Stephen Covey in his book, Seven Habits, calls it beginning with the end in mind. And I do think that's a correct principle, but I think sometimes people take it too far. And we have entrepreneurs and we have guys who are just goal setters and not action takers. And so the biggest thing that I'm, and, and this is the way that I choose to approach goals. If I set a goal, I'm going to set it. That's fine. And then it's literally like, imagine I have a football and it's my goal and I'm going to chuck it as far as I can. I'm just going to say, all right, that's where I'm going. I'm done thinking about it because a goal means absolutely nothing. If you're not willing to do the things every single day it takes to, to make up a big goal, right? So it's fine to begin with the end in mind, right? And in, in my head, when I saw that Navy SEAL do 365 in a day, I'm like, okay, 365, that's my end, right? It can become crushing if I was to always constantly dwell on, shoot, I have 250 more MRFs. I have 150 more MRFs, mm-hmm. right? And I did it. I had to travel all over for the summer. So it was over 16 locations. I was traveling through the airport with a weighted vest. I just got old, man. Like 
I, the weirdest Murph I did was 11 o'clock at night. I was doing back end checks for all the reps. Um, I ended up being up until 4 a.m. that night, but I had to hit my Murph still and it was 11 p.m. Right. And I was strict. It couldn't be past 12. So, you know, looked in the hotel gym and there's no pull up bar. Shoot, dude, like got two options. I well, and at the time I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it on a tree. Because when I was in Sonora, Mexico, I did my pull-ups on a tree, right? And so I found one of those, one of those bellhop suitcase things with wheels, and I wheeled it into my room. I'm sure the lady was looking at me like, what the freak are you doing? But I ran on the treadmill downstairs in the gym, and then I would went upstairs, and I jammed between, because there was two, two twin beds, I jammed the, the bellhop suitcase carrier in between it. And when I went down all the way extension, I would just be hovering right below my knees so I could do a full pull-up. And it, jam- it was jammed in a way to where it was somewhat stationary, but that was the, that was definitely the most unique Murph I had to do. But yeah, it just goes down to, you have to create commitments and non-negotiables. And if you want to grow confidence as a person, I think there's two things. Number one, you, your confidence grows when the well is full. I now have my nutrition pretty dang dialed and my well filled as I did more research. And number two, when you keep commitments to yourself, such a huge deal. When you don't keep commitments to yourself, your confidence will decrease. And in the position that I'm in with what I want to accomplish in life, I have to keep my confidence up. It's like, it's, it's that, that in and of itself is non-negotiable. I've always kept my commitments. And, and so I I guess it's a habit. I love it. No, you literally did create a habit with doing the Murph every single day. And I got to ask too specifically for this bellhop story when you're doing pull-ups on the bellhop bar. Was your wife with you at the time? Nope. I could just, if everyone can picture this with me, he's probably just in a hotel room banging out as many pull-ups as he can. And I just want to applaud you for what you've done. Not only setting world record on how quick you accomplished the Murph, but just doing something so difficult for an entire year. Literally, the sky's the limit. I know that's like the most cliche phrase ever. But to you, same as your football, you throw the football and that's how far you're going. It's you set your mind to something and you go out and do it. So to kind of close out today's episode, Brayden, for anyone who's listening right now, a Murph for an entire year might seem like the most impossible thing that they could ever accomplish. Maybe they're in terrible physical health, or maybe it's another challenge that they want to accomplish mentally, spiritually, uh, mend some kind of broken relationship, whatever it may be in their lives. What kind of piece of advice could you leave with them saying that no matter how hard the journey gets, they'll be able to accomplish it? There's a misconception, I think, that a lot of people have that they don't want challenges. And the way that I look at it is either you choose your challenges or they choose you. It's hard to be fat and out of shape. It's also hard to do MERS for a year. You pick your heart. It's hard to be stupid. And it's hard to read a ton of books. And, and, and you could go on and on. You pick your hard. Yeah, right? There's a book called Chosen Suffering. It's written by a wrestling coach. It's an excellent book. And he talks about how choosing your suffering will implement like suffering that's outside of your control. And so my, my advice to anyone is pick something that brings you meaning. Right. There are plenty of guys like that I work with. One of them is a huge power lifter. Yeah. He holds world records in in deadlift and stuff like that. He has no inclination and not a care in the world to do as much cardio as I had to do with the Murph. He he has no desire to run. That's fine. Right. Maybe someone hates physical exercise and they're good with 30 minutes a day, just going on a walk. 
That's great. Maybe they love to read though. And it's challenging, right? Then set a goal to read, read all the books in the world, right? Whatever, whatever people think will challenge them. You have to stay mentally sharp and keep in mind, I've done the MRFs now and I'm fully aware that I'm only as good as what I'm going to be doing. And I don't know what's what comes next, but sooner or later, these MRFs will just be something in the past. And I can't just continue. People will like latch on to their previous accomplishments. Can't do that. It's a continuous journey through life. So pick a challenge, commit to the challenge. Don't overwhelm yourself. Take it one step at a time. Okay. We're, I, I'm a firm believer in the mindset of what's called what Simon Sinek calls an infinite game rather than a finite game. It's a continual progression, right? This, these 365 MRFs was not a finish line for me. It was just one more step in the progression towards what I could potentially do. And I don't know what's next. It could be a hundred mile race. It could be getting to CrossFit worlds, right? It could be doing a 700 pound deadlift. It's the next fun thing you see on YouTube that you're interested in trying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and very, very few ideas are really new. Right. right. So, but whatever it is, and I, I would love to do like other mental challenges with the, with the book reading that I'm interested in and, and spiritual life being more in tune there with my beliefs. So there's, there's plenty of challenges you can do. I just think you gotta be, pick your challenge, commit to it. Don't drop it for whatever. And case get it, it done. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast. Super big pleasure to have Brayden on. As always, if you ever want to reach out to any of us, the links will be in the description down below. And also, we have a fun uh, thing that we're going on right now. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, me and Brayden work together. So if you're ever curious about working with us, feel free to send me a message and we can describe our job a little bit more to you. But guys, at the end of the day, just remember, it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and find simple little challenges inside of your life that you will commit to and not give in any single day.